Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport magazine, welcome to a takeover edition of the Autosport podcast. Now, if you heard our Joe Siffert podcast last week, you heard a short clip of this show, but now it's time to bring you the full podcast. Thanks to our friends at the National Centre for Motorsport Engineering at the University of Bolton. We recently spoke to some of the students there who not only learn in the classroom, but learn on the job as well. Actually looking after race cars and getting involved in motorsport, doing the jobs that they'll eventually be qualified for. At the University of Bolton, there's a £13 million state-of-the-art facility in equipping graduates with the skills they need for their career in motorsport engineering. You can find out more at bolton.ac.uk. So today we're going to feature some of the students from there and a podcast that they made talking about their experiences in working on motorsport. Enjoy this one today. Your host talking to the students is David Addison. The first of the students we're going to hear from in this episode of Motorbotics is M. Platt, who's had a busy time looking after a role involving the British Touring Car Championship scrutineering and also working on the university's Ensign Formula One project. M, let's start with that British Touring Car role. What have you been doing? Um, so this year I've been looking after the onboard footage. Um, so I've been making sure camera positions are correct. Um, and then when the uh, officials need to see the footage, I can get the memory sticks and take them up to them so that they can make the important decisions that, that go on behind the scenes that not a lot of people uh, know what's going on about. How easy is it to gain the acceptance of teams, partly on the basis that you might be considered as only a student and also, of course, being a female in what's still a very male-dominated world? Um, I feel like I've been very fortunate, especially in the British Touring Car Paddock, that they have been very accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I walk into a garage, uh, they do what I need and I can go in and get my job done as quick as possible so that they can get on with the rest of their day and make sure that they can get their cars out on track. 
What about the Ensign Formula One project? Because that's completely different again, isn't it? Yeah, that was um, a very big learning curve for me personally because mm. I'd never done uh, anything like that before. Uh, but I had uh, a great mentor, Pete uh, and uh, Ken. We were able to work with them side by side. So learning from them through that project was absolutely fantastic and uh, I really enjoyed it. This Ensign is a genuine Formula One car. It still races now. It raced in Grand Prix in period. When you look at it, do you think it's actually quite advanced for its age or do you think crikey haven't we learned a lot in the intervening decades um a bit of both to be quite fair is when you when you get down to looking at the car um what technology is on it can can be amazed for mm. the time it was built um but then when you look at a modern f1 car there, there is a massive uh, advancement so far uh, what have you got out of your time at the national center for motorsport engineering would you say uh, a massive amount. Um, all the projects that I've been involved with, they've then been embedded into my in-class um, learning. Mm-hmm. So it just em- emphasises the degree even more that you're not just leaving with that piece of paper to say you're qualified. You're leaving with a, a lot of experience on, on top of that, which employees are looking for. Um, and I think that's what the university have got um, have done really well this year of making sure their students are experienced sure. as well as qualified. Now, you're an MSc student. You're still going through the MSc or are you now done and you're, you're ready to head out into the, the, the big bad world? So I, I start my, my master's uh, next week, actually. Right. Um, so that's an 18-month course. Um, I'm hoping to get involved in even more projects, hopefully, over the next 18 months. Um, but we'll just see where the opportunities take me. And what, yeah, I was going to ask, what is the ambition? Is it on an engineering side or is it on a motorsport side or are the two now converging? So I've always wanted to be an engineer. Um, I think I was four years old when I declared to my dad that I wanted to be an engineer. Um, <laughs> And that's always been been my route. I just was lucky and fell on my feet that I enjoyed motorsport at the same mm. time. So the two have become hand in hand with each other. And there's a role now, isn't there, working in the composites area at the university. Yes. What's all that about? Um, so I started working as a technician or a technician's assistant mm-hmm. um, on the 1st of uh, September. Um, so I'm looking at stock control in the lab. Um, I'm also going to be in class uh, support as well, supporting students while the lecturers um, taking the lesson. Uh, so that'll be really interesting and it's nice to give back to the students so that they can also have the same opportunities that I've had coming through uni. So the next activity for you in the immediate term as we sit here recording this is going to be another British Touring Car Championship weekend. In fact, you've got two back to back, haven't you, towards yes. the end of September? Yeah, so we uh, go to Croft on Friday morning uh, and then Silverstone the, the following Friday. So it's going to be a, a very busy two weeks. It must be fantastic to have that real-world experience, to be immersed in it. You know, it's, The Ensign is a live project because it races, but that's a live paddock, teams bustling about, and you're in there doing your job as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's great to see, and it prepares you more for the future. Um, I know what it's like being in a paddock. I'm not going in blind when I leave university, so it just makes you more prepared. Let's talk next to James Hunt. James, with a name like that, you had to have some involvement in motorsport, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been involved in motorsport since a young age, so... My father's always raced, so I've always followed him with racing. Uh, that's where my passion for the sport has come from. And what brought you to the National Centre for Motorsport Engineering? Uh, it was all through college. So I started college uh, to do a motorsport engineering course, uh, and they, they recommended Bolton, and mm-hmm. I came to see the facilities, and that was my first choice straight away. And since then, it's gone from being a student in a classroom to the ultimate classroom in the paddock, because you've had this relationship with Sicily Motorsport, which was both British Touring Car Championship and I guess now British GT as well. Yeah, I've just started uh, with the British GT this year. So uh, I started on a placement in my first year mm-hmm. uh, uh, as a mechanic, really, uh, following around the mechanics. Um, and then this year I've moved on to be a data engineer cool. for both uh, British Touring Cars and the British GT. 
both of which I should think are pretty different types of car, really, because you're, you're doing different things. Yeah. That, okay, they're both rear-wheel drive, BMW and Mercedes, but it's a very different type of race car. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Different strategies. Uh, diff- it's a different discipline altogether, isn't mm. it? Uh, with a long race with the GT, it's really interesting to see both sides of it. Can you make more of an input into a, a, a GT car? with that data because it as you say it's a longer race you've got pit stops two hour race three hour race you know you've got to be on your on your your toes to call the right strategy a a touring car race it's pretty easy 20 minute bash and crash almost (laughs) i don't know about easy but yeah (laughs) yeah uh, it's really interesting because obviously there's a pro and an am driver Mm. so it's interesting to see the differences and comparing them to in terms of that data are you studying purely your car or are you able to to look at other cars because trying to second guess when to make your pit stops or your strategy call might depend on the people you're yeah. battling against. I th- uh, we do definitely look at other teams, yeah. Mm. Uh, I think mostly it is based on our own our own decision, really. Uh, it's really difficult to see what other teams mm. are going to do, of course. So Just go back a stage or two to when you got involved with Sicily. Yeah. What, what was the, the relationship like to begin with in, in terms of you're a student, you're on a placement. Um, I'm guessing that you were included and you were given proper tasks to do. It wasn't just making yeah. the tea and sweeping the floor, was it? No, no, yeah, of course. Uh, one of my main jobs was fueling the car, so looking after fuel yeah. going into the car. So obviously a really important job mm. to yeah. make sure... <laughs> To give me a responsibility straight away to make sure I could look after that, and then it grew from there, really. But that acceptance from the team, from the drivers, yeah. w- was always there. I mean, from the driver's point of view, it's it's a bit of a gamble almost that you're relying yeah. on somebody that's that's still at university. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was really good for them to trust a student, really, mm. <laughs> coming in with not really much knowledge of touring cars or GT racing. So, yeah, really uh, good. Now, you're an MSc student, so yeah. w- what's next? What's the next project for you? Uh I think to carry on with Sicily mm-hmm. at the moment, uh, what the dream is to work in Formula One one day. Okay. That, that's the, the end goal for me after finishing my Masters. So, yeah, we'll see. And what have you got out of thus far from the NCME, would you say? Uh, a, an amazing amount of knowledge about motorsport, a huge amount. Uh, this, it, they cover so many different disciplines, like, say, touring cars, GT. Mm. There's the F1 project. Uh, there's things going on downstairs, there's the wind tunnel, there's everything you could think of in motorsport they cover. So, yeah. is, it, is this a little bit of a, 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 a hidden gem in a sense? I mean, I know the yeah. reputation is growing all the time and we see more of you guys out and about in the paddock, but still, relatively speaking, um, not that many people know about it and what it can offer. Yeah, that's it. When, when you sometimes say, oh, I go to Bolton University, people ask, oh, what, how come you ended up going there? <laughs> well, then when you talk about the NCME and the facilities, people understand why mm. why this is the university to go to, yeah. Callum Taylor is another student from the National Centre for Motorsport Engineering who has been busy in both the British Touring Car and British GT paddocks. Uh, Callum, welcome. Uh, just explain what you've been up to and with whom. So I've been with Speedworks Motorsport for three years now. Um, I started off just sort of, um, you know, being a hands-on, sort of trying to help out where I can and just setting up the garage and things like that and shadowing and seeing what they're doing. It was great to be thrown in at the deep end. So I'd never done any anything prior to that. And then suddenly I was straight into the touring car paddock, you know, the best you can do. So it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I've been with them and I sort of registered my interest to um, engineering and then lucky enough this year with the sort of the two cars coming round, so it was giving me a good opportunity to get started. So I've been shadowing out other data engineering, now I'm working on Car23, Sam's mm-hmm. um, solo now, so it's been really good. Um, I'm glad by am, it's really exciting, yeah, to keep going with it. Absolutely. Speedworks has grown quite a lot in the last 
three seasons, hasn't it? From being a, a, a team fighting for a championship to being a, a manufacturer team with the new Corolla to also running in, in British GT. So it must be great to have been a part of that expansion and see how it's grown. Yeah, it's been really great. So, I mean, as soon as I started, we was testing the Corolla. That's when it mm. debut was. So I've basically been with it for the whole time the Corolla's been around. So it's been really great to see how it progresses and how it's changed um, and what adaptions have been done. So from an engineering standpoint with the university, it's great to see how we've innovated on the, the original design and how we've changed it. And it's been really good, yeah. So noticing that a lot, like on different things and different design things. Sure. Um, yeah, it's been great. What about the GT project as well? Because GT4 is a, a, a growing area um, worldwide, really, and you're involved in that with the Supra. Yeah, so we've had some successful results recently with it. So it seems mm. to be good and it's ever expanding. Um, the drive seemed good this year. So no, I think they're excited to you know, keep climbing with that, um, definitely. Sure. Now, you've touched on being a data engineer. Uh, for the uninitiated, what exactly is a data engineer? You think an engineer picks up a set of tools but a data engineer what what do you do is your your main tool a laptop yeah so that, that's definitely it so my main tool is the laptop so basically um we have a chief engineer so he makes the setup changes on the car um from what he sees and our role and responsibility is to get the data from the cars downloading it on a laptop um getting it into a format where they can easily read it and then mm-hmm. from that they can make their from their knowledge they can make decisions on you know if we've got too much roll into a corner and we can see that with like the damper displacement, then we can work on that and do the setup of the car. So yeah, my, my role is to provide that to them. Um, yeah, and get the videos and that sorted as well. So they're just ready okay. to go and they can watch them all. So is that with that chief engineer, but also presumably with the driver as well, you need their input to, to make sense of your data to then feed it out the other side? Definitely. So we have driver briefings at the end of every session. Um, so the driver, uh, the drivers say what what they felt and how they feel. So you know, if they have like sliding into corners, they'll say where, and then that helps us because we can go straight to that bit and pinpoint it and have a look and see, um, you know, what we see on a data standpoint. So they work in tandem. It's really good. And then the video that we get from um, the Alive Drive system is fantastic. So I often show that to Sam and Rory. And then yeah. from that, they can, you know, we can have them side by side so they can see the differences between them in their fastest laps <laughs> and, you know, where they want to get quicker, you know. So partly thanks to guys like you, the driver now has nowhere to hide, does he? <laughs> yeah, we can uh, make anything shown. Yeah, lucky enough. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> uh, what's the ultimate ambition? Where do you go next? I know you're on your MSc um, programme at the moment, but long term, where are you aiming? Mm. So... It's, it's strange, really, because I've, as I said, I've jumped in straight at the deep end. I'm sort of exactly where I would have wanted to be, but I've got straight there. It's been an amazing experience. So um, I think uh, as a personal standpoint, I want to um, do some of my own stuff, um, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, look into electric vehicles and sort of um, yeah, engineer them more as an auto- automotive rather than a race perspective. But I always want to do this alongside it. I think this is really interesting. I think it's a good thing. And you can take a lot from race cars to put on the road as well you know like the technology is, is evolving there and then you can put that into road cars so I think um, I always want to do both stand by side but yeah I'm definitely where I want to be and I'm, I'm really glad to be there. <laughs> Taking that into account that must be a major plus for the National Centre for Motorsport Engineering that for you to be at university to be placed with a team and that in itself fulfils your ambition. Yeah definitely so it's been really good at the university because I quite like um, you know, being a people's person, so I've been an ambassador and things like that. So mm. I can sort of pass on what I've learned through my, you know, experience that I've been fortunate to have. 
and pass it on to the years younger. So at Speedworks, we've had um, some new starters this year. Mm-hmm. And because I've been there a few years now, I can sort of get them in, you know, and see from my parents' standpoint where they want to be and how they can sort of evolve. And I, I try and show them as much stuff as I'm doing as well. So everyone's learning as, as well as I'm learning alongside them. Another of the MSC students here at the NCME is Martin Kamberoff, who has had a very busy time of late because he's been involved with Speedworks, with M Sport. Uh, he's also been involved with the Ensign Formula One project that the university is running. Let's start with Speedworks, shall we, in the British Touring Car Championship. Martin, what have you been up to there? Yeah, so uh, my, my first year was uh, really nice. So I, f- I first started with, with Speedwork Motorsport um, running. Um, I was a mechanic with them. Mm-hmm. So I was part of the 310R Championship Catrium. So running two cars, preparing the cars for the race, obviously running them on track. Um, it, it was an amazing experience with Speedwork. Then I, had, I did a bit of GT with them, British Racing uh, GT with them. And um, it's been a fantastic experience. Learn, learn a lot of things, improve myself in, in different areas. And um, yeah, it's pretty much what, what I've been involved with them. Well, there was also um, an internship at M Sport. So you've had racing. Now, is, is the M Sport bit rallying or racing or a bit of both? Because M Sport covers so many different fields. Yeah, so in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, I managed to get an internship in, in M Sport. So mm-hmm. in M Sport was, uh, again, a wonderful experience. So it was one week experience there, and I managed to get involved in all the departments in, in the workshop. So, yeah, it started with subassembly area, workshop area, transmissions, uh, brakes, and then finally, which is my passion, uh, managed to get into the engine building room and engine diner. So we, we, it's an uh, unbelievable, unbelievable experience, which I will never forget, and uh, managed to get that experience. Which direction do you want to ultimately gravitate towards, racing or rallying, or do you not mind? Uh, to be honest, I don't mind. Mm. I don't mind uh, as long as there is uh, engineering involved and um, passion for motorsport. Sure. That's pretty, mu- pretty much it. And then there's been the Ensign Formula One project. So a car that's engineered by students from the university, but it's in proper races. You know, it's, it's out there, it's competing and you're operating it. What's that been like? Yeah, so the, the, for, the Ensign project, uh, major, majorly I was involved in, um, with the design and engineering of the rear brake calling this mm-hmm. for the car. So I first started with obviously scanning reverse engineer rear uprights of the car and then designing each side of the car, making a few prototypes, wow. see what's, ro- what's wrong and make <laughs> it better. Um, and then, yeah, uh, with, with then uh, this summer, um, 3D printed and then made obviously modes and then made most of them. And then with the help of uh, with our technicians here, we managed to fabricate them out of carbon fiber. And it, it's, it's an amazing experience to see actually a part you've designed mm. that is on the car. It, it, it makes you proud and it makes you go forward a bit I'll, more. I'll bet. And it must also be fascinating to take a car that was built, raced in period, you know, all those years ago, and to work on it and think, well, I can do better. I can make this better, faster, partly through your ability, partly through modern technology yeah absolutely that's 100 percent there it, it, it's it's unbelievable mm. it's a really nice experience let's talk next to jake wolf another msc student here at the national center for motorsport engineering and jake you've been very involved in the ensign formula one project project this year what exactly have you been up to yeah so we were given the opportunity to prepare the f1 car for silverstone classic and uh, in that is uh lots of testing mm-hmm. well a bit of some testing at Anglesey, and we also did some aero testing at RAF Marham on okay. their runway to understand how the ground effect was working. And we needed a, some constant velocity runs, um, so we did that at 
RAF Marham. But before that, there was uh, a lot of prep involved. So um, a lot of major components, such as uprights and wishbones, all had to be stripped and crack tested. Um, so we were part of dismantling and reassembling the uh, the uprights, uh, some wishbones, uh, the steering column had to be re-engineered. Wow. Um, so we were a part of that. And it was uh, me and another student actually were in over lockdown uh, helping the two technicians downstairs. It's quite a responsibility. I mean, these are, are serious things in any car, never mind a Formula One car. Yeah, so there's a... Uh, we are still students at the end of the day, but we, we, we do know what we're doing to mm. a degree. Mm. But then you also have the two technicians downstairs, one of whom used to work for Ensign, Ken Winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked on the car back in the day when it was running right. in the Formula One World Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a... Uh, his, his knowledge of the car is uh, unrivaled, as I'm sure, sure you can imagine. <laughs> um, so if you, if, you need a, if you need a nut or you're not sure what size it is um, and you'll ask him and he'll say, yeah, you'll, it's a 7 sixteenths, but, but don't use that spanner. You need to use this spanner that I made <laughs> in 1982 because it's shaved down on three sides. And his knowledge sort of really, really went a long way in... in speeding up the, the, the time it took to, to reassemble some bits. So where have you learnt more in this project? In the classroom or actually on the car itself? Um, a lot on the car mm. because obviously the, 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 the practical sessions was our, were, our, were our only face-to-face meetings that we had. Mm. Um, so a lot of it was on Zoom, which, which is good to a degree, but then on, on some sort of technical parts and practical parts especially, it's, it's, it's a lot better to be in person and that's... Cool. That's where we had that opportunity to come in, and I think we were coming in sort of two or three days a week, where it fitted around various Zoom calls and meetings that we had. Um, but I really enjoyed the variation that it gave as well, because we were allowed to come in and do something different than sit at home like we were the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, COVID has clearly affected lots of things in lots of ways. How much has it affected your course? Um, it's affected the course to a degree but mm. Bolton have been quite good in getting us back into the classroom as quick as possible and right. I know Mark worked really hard to get us back because um, it was only the two technicians in the workshop so mm. it was uh, and we knew that and we were we were sort of pestering Mark to let us come in <laughs> and, we, and the powers that be were a little bit a little bit hesitant I think mm. because of the, the blanket restrictions but then yeah. once you're testing every week we, I think we're doing three tests a week wearing masks I mean it's mm. you're taking all the necessary precautions and it and it allowed it allowed the project to commence. Now, this ensign that you've been working on is far older than you are. Um, you look at it, and do you think it's quite advanced for its age? Do you scratch your head and think, how on earth was that cutting-edge technology? Or w- w- what's your reaction to that car? So s- some of the stuff on it, you 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 think, oh, that's 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 actually quite impressive mm. for the time. So some mm. of the some of the wishbones, for example, some of the manufacturing techniques that were used at the time. Um, it's further ahead than you might have expected, I guess. Yeah, 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 and also sort of still it's still in play today to a degree. So it's obviously not in Formula One, but in other single-seater categories, the some of the single-seater categories, especially at club level, still haven't mm. sort of caught up to what F1 was like mm. in the 80s. Mm. Um, but no, I've been really impressed by the by the workmanship and the. Mm. And the level of engineering that, that went into such a machine. Uh, take the Silverstone Classic from this year as an example. Michael Lyons drove the car. He won the two 
historic Grand Prix car, Formula One races. That must be an amazing feeling to see a car that you have had such an involvement in yeah, being so I th- successful. I think it was the, the culmination of, of so many hours of work mm. and a lot of a lot of weeks away, sort of testing, and then well, we had we had I think we had three three separate test occasions, um, and I think everyone understood the amount of time and effort that had gone into the car and was was sort of quietly confident that we mm. we knew we were capable of it um and we we were really impressed by the result you've touched on it already in terms of the brains trust at the university but thinking of the students as well it, it strikes looking at this from the outside in that it's a really good team of people to to work with yeah and it's it's the, the same team as well mm. so that the team that started on the on the rebuild back in uh it'll have been beginning of this year were the same team bar one person that ran the car at Silverstone so sometimes right. and you could also at university you could understand the the expression too many cooks spoiling mm. the broth because mm. you, you'd, you'd get to a point where you think well every, everyone needs to have a go at this mm. Mm. but then if you have so many people involved and so many people doing different things it could it could really be too many cooks spoiling the broth sure um, but we had we had one person on the front end who was a student, a rear end mechanic, which was myself at Silverstone, a number one, and tyres and fuel. So there was four students, and that was, and we ran the car comfortably, and we weren't falling over each other. I think it would have been very easy to have too many students, mm. and that could have ended up with people sort of stood around and not doing anything yeah, really, yeah. Um, and being in the way a little bit. But I think I think it's been really well managed with the amount of students. So we've all got our own roles as well, like I mentioned. So I was rear end. So that gives us something that you can put on your CV going yeah. forward. So if other teams understand, all right, well, he was in charge of that. And sure. that was because it would be easy to say, oh, well, what did you do? Or I helped. Well, it's, it doesn't really mean anything. But if you can say, oh, well, I was number one or I was rear end, mm-hmm. it, it really helps sort of build your CV as well, exactly. which is what it's all about. Well, that's our podcast for today. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to these students from the University of Bolton and hearing what they've been doing, getting experience in motorsport. You can find out more about the National Centre for Motorsport Engineering at bolton.ac.uk. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.